Think about this. Our brains change. Memory is an amazing. What you think is in our there brains is aren't really finished. They're not fully cooked yet. You go with your heart. You we don't have any idea why yeah, we're, we're doing so smart. most of the things that we're doing. But here's the deal. So it's how to do it versus why it works. I'm Art Markman. I'm Bob Duke. I'm Rebecca McEnroy, and this is Two Guys on Your Head. Today, the psychology of how versus why knowledge. There's way more to know in the world than any one of us can possibly apprehend. So a lot of what we know are not precise truths, but good approximations of truths. You know, there are things that we know enough about that allow us to negotiate and navigate whatever stuff we have to deal with. But we don't need to know it all the way down. You know, I mean, the way, and Art often references his his uh, inadequate knowledge about the workings of automobiles, but he certainly knows enough to know that the brakes are the thing that stopped the car. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that you don't need to know all the details of everything, you know? And, and if you think about how long... Isaac Newton's laws of motion were thought to be perfectly accurate. But what's interesting is even after Einstein demonstrated they were really good approximations, but not perfect descriptions of the world, they were still good enough to do almost everything that humans do. I mean, we still calculate the trajectories of rockets, for God's sake, using Newton's laws. You know, I mean, so there are good approximations that allow us to get by without having to think any more critically about them. And I think that's a metaphor for things that we experience all the time in all dimensions of life. I I learned something that I know enough about that I think I can go with that. And I have enough evidence that it works, whatever it is, to get me through whatever I want to get through. But one of the things that characterizes expertise is you get through to all the whys, and then whys, and then whys, and now you know it all the way down. And that's where critical thinking becomes important, because now you're not willing to accept a certain tiered level of explanation, knowing that there are other tiers below that that no one's talking about. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I think there are, yeah, and I, I think there are two aspects of critical thinking that are important. One is, is there, there needs to be some level, something about which you have enough expertise that you can unpack that all the yeah. way down. And then I think it's also valuable as a critical thinker to, to have a clear understanding of where the boundaries of your knowledge are, to be able to say, I understand this this far, yep. and then I don't, I don't understand it any further than that. Because without that ability, you may underestimate the complexity of the thing that you're dealing with. Yeah. But it's interesting to me, over the years when I've been teaching with Jay Banner, this science communication class, I often ask students in the class questions about some principle of whatever discipline they happen to be in, you know, in, in geology or hydrology or something. And, and I ask them some question about something. And of course, not being a geologist or a hydrologist, I'm asking it in a way that's not in the lingo of their discipline. And what I find is that many students are surprised by the fact that, you know, I know this thing, but I can't explain why that works like that. Because within their discipline, you never have to because everybody in the discipline accepts that as a truth. Right. So there's there's something fascinating, right? Which is we often conflate how with why. So we know how to do all sorts of things. And as a result, we believe we know why they work the way that they do. You know, we know how to attach a picture to an email. And therefore, we under, we believe we understand the why, the, the, you know, what, what's actually going on that allows that to happen. And, and that's a little dangerous because, because a lot of the procedures we have work only within certain tolerances and then fall apart. And it's only when the world gets outside of those tolerances that yeah. we begin to realize how brittle 
that procedural knowledge really is. Yeah. The procedures that we create in the world are, are designed generally to work pretty well under most circumstances, right? So the way you send email, the way we choose to drive, the way we have conversations with people, these are all procedures that we learn. Even if we don't understand the why of, of how they work, we, we understand what we're supposed to do in a situation. And, and the things that we learn to do work pretty well most of the time, right? So not every situation is gonna be identical to one you were in before, but it'll be close enough that, 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 that the, the procedure is gonna to continue to work. But if the world changes sufficiently that that procedure doesn't work anymore, well, that's the point at which you have to debug that, <laughs> figure out what went wrong and how do I fix it? Yeah. And that process of figuring out what went wrong, that's where the why knowledge comes in. Yeah. And if you, have, if you have led yourself to believe that you understand the why information, then two things are gonna happen. The first is you're not gonna, you're not gonna go out of your way to try to learn more of it because you think you already know it. And the second is that when the, the, the state of the world changes, relative to the procedure you have, you're going to get stuck. Yeah. And, you know, this is a, a very prevalent issue in the way we teach children in school. And I'm including children, including university students as well. I mean, what we're really good at is showing people how to get from a starting point to an answer. We show them an algorithm and we show them how to apply the algorithm and they get to the answer. Why that algorithm works the way it does and how that algorithm would appear in a different domain of activity, we don't spend a lot of time on that. So consequently, a lot of people have the illusion that they really understand something deeply because they can get the right answer. But getting the right answer is a poor indicator of depth of under, understanding. Yeah. I mean, getting the right answer just means you can follow the algorithm to get the yeah. answer. You know? Well, and it's, and it's funny because it can be remarkably difficult to really understand that why information. Yeah. So it's actually kind of fascinating, right? If you think about um, the way we've tried to teach math over the last 50 years. So, so uh, you know, there was, a, there was a period in the 1960s with the new math, which, which de-emphasized the procedural elements right. in favor of just the why elements. And it didn't work at all because it turns out you also need the procedural elements. So, so none of this, none of this discussion should be taken to think that why information is always superior to how information. Right. When the world is within the tolerances for which a procedure uh, has been shown to work, use the procedure, yeah. right? And get good at it, right? Being skilled at, at doing, I mean, being skilled at, at basic arithmetic is, is really a really important skill, whether you understand the underlying concepts or not. Next week, we'll talk about conceptual defaults with Dr. Art Markman and Dr. Bob Duke. You can subscribe to the Two Guys on Your Head podcast in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and find a complete archive at KUT.org. David Alvarez is our engineer and I'm Rebecca McEnroy. I produce Two Guys on Your Head at KUT Radio in Austin, Texas.